This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today will be a follow-up episode on what we talked about last time, which was the basics of communication. So last time we were talking about how to make a conversation, focusing mostly on the skeleton, how to listen, how to share, and the outline of what we can expect in a solid conversation. Today we want to get a bit more into the meat of what actually constitutes a good conversation going beyond the simple factor of listening and sharing, which of course is very important. So we need to have those things in place first. If you haven't listened to part one, we encourage you to do so, so that everything we refer to today makes sense. So one thing that we talked about at great length in our last episode was the importance of listening to other people out of a genuine curiosity for what they have to say. One thing that goes along with that that we failed to mention was part of being a good listener means not interrupting and resisting the temptation to jump in and speak when you don't necessarily know where that person is going next and not giving into that urgency to say something right now. I think that comes like from the root of listening. Like in order to be a truly good listener, you you're not interrupting, but it's so hard and interrupting Mm -hmm. is one of my like things that I do (laughs) all Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And my form of interrupting comes in the fact that I'm, truly not listening or I I am listening but I'm anticipating what that person's gonna say so in my brain for example if I'm in a conversation with somebody and they're talking about their day that they got home from work and they were so tired so they turned on the tv and they started watching um the bachelor and I Mm -hmm. might say something like oh my gosh the episode where blah 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 and they're like oh no that's not what I was going to say I was going to say the bachelor in paradise or whatever like Mm -hmm. and it's a totally different thing and I um feel like I'm trying to connect with them to be like oh my gosh I'm gonna interrupt you to show how well I'm listening because I know what you're gonna Mm -hmm. say next sometimes it works and they're like oh my god yes we're connected (laughs) and other times it's like no Molly shut up because you just interrupted my story and you're not getting it um that happens to me so much So that's something I'm truly working on, (laughs) but it's hard and it's comes from the fact that I want to be a good listener, but, um, Mm -hmm. it shows that you're not being the best conversationalist. Yeah. So even just now I jumped in too soon. Why did that happen? It wasn't that I was dying to say something, but I, Molly and I being on FaceTime right now, she's on my tiny little iPhone five and I misread her cues. I thought based on her nonverbal cues that she was finished speaking, but she wasn't yet. And so sometimes it's up to us as listeners to be a little slower to react, to let the person finish. So what I was going to say was, I think it's perfectly natural what you're doing, Molly, because you're wanting to connect with people. You're wanting to share. The other day I was out with someone who I kept talking and she kept saying, yeah, yeah, like before I had even made my point. And it was just very frustrating because I was like, you're agreeing with me before I even said the thing that I wanted to say. And so I didn't feel validated in what I was saying. And I just got frustrated because it's like, you are saying yes, but you clearly are not actually taking in what I'm giving to you. I do that sometimes too. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, it's, it, it shows how hard it is. I think about 
communication and conversation all the time and I do this stuff all the mm-hmm. time. So it's so hard, but it's it's important to really think about what message you're sending with your conversation. Um, yeah. Another so point. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go. What was it? I was going to say, what steps are you taking to not do that? I am shutting my mouth <laughs> is one thing, but literally like putting my lips together <laughs> is something <laughs> that I'm really doing and mm-hmm. adding more nodding and shaking my head in non-verbals as opposed to words during conversations. So this literally happened to me yesterday. Um, I was talking with someone and I don't know this person very well. We're trying to build a rapport, but, um, I was talking with them and I had had those interactions multiple times with her where I cut her off and she was like, nope, that's not what I was going to say. And I was like, crap, I need to stop. So I really Mm -hmm. worked on just nodding. And then when she was done talking with that like phrase, I waited like a second. A second Mm -hmm. is a long, long time in a conversation. I think actual Mm -hmm. like conversational changes occur in less than half of a second. Um, and mm-hmm. it, if it's more, it comes off as awkward. I think if it's more mm-hmm. than a second, I did that research in grad school. Um, but it's waiting a little bit, giving that time to be like, oh, she is done. Okay, now I can share mm-hmm. my thought is so important. And it will feel awkward if it's even less than a second, <laughs> but it's the, so important. Yeah, and the thing to remember with that is that it can feel like an hour to us because we're thinking so much faster than we're actually able to speak. But in reality, our pauses are not that long to the listener. This is something I work on with public speaking clients all the time is just slowing down because we can't process speed of what we're saying the same way that the listener does. And so that pause can feel like forever, especially when we have heightened anxiety or urgency to say something. So err on the side of too slow, pausing for too long, because the likelihood of that actually happening is actually pretty slim. Something else to piggyback off of what we said during our last episode, um, that you also have to work on during these times when you're just giving nonverbals and pausing and waiting for the person to finish, Mm -hmm. is if you have that thought in your brain that you want to say and interrupt with, if if that other person keeps talking and and they end at a point where your thought is no longer relevant, let it go. I think that's really, really important to talk about because say Trish is telling a really cool story and in the middle of it, I pop up the thought with like, oh my gosh, I can relate to that in this way. Mm-hmm. But then Chris, Trisha keeps talking and now if I said that point that I had in my thought, it might be weird. Let it go. Just... It's going to make the conversation, in most cases, strange. I agree with that to a certain extent, but I feel like there are other times where I've done this and it said, like, you know, that's so great. I just, there's, I wanted to make a note about something you said earlier. And as long as you preface it with that, say, I know that this was long gone, but I just wanted to tell you that, oh my gosh, I went to that same place. Isn't that, what a funny small world. So I think it's okay to go back sometimes. And I think you're totally right. The qualifier, though, is what makes it okay. If you don't do that qualifier, then it's weird. I actually did this yesterday <laughs> when I made a really weird qualifier. Like, But it was like 10 minutes later because uh-huh. the people I interact with sometimes talk forever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I had to really make a point to be like, hey, I really want to ask you something that you said five minutes ago, but I couldn't get my words in. So can I still ask you about it? But it wasn't that sad sounding. <laughs> Good. I was going to say, if you ask them, own it. Say like, 
hey, I didn't get a chance to ask you this question before, but I'm really curious to know your thoughts. And that way it won't be weird. It's only weird if you make it weird. That's what I live on. I My catchphrase for my life is, it's not awkward unless you make it awkward. Yeah, so actually another thing I wanted to ask you, Molly, you said it was about 10 minutes later. Was it actually 10 minutes later? Or did it feel like no. 10 minutes because you were dying to say that thing? You are spot on. I think it was honestly, it was a good two minutes though. It was a good two minutes. <laughs> but 10 minutes <laughs> is a long time. <laughs> I believe you. I'm just pointing out for our listeners so that you can see sometimes the things that we think in our head are such a huge deal. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot bring that up because she said that so long ago. It's actually not that long ago. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's only weird if we make it weird. So just own it and ask your question, but make sure to explain like, hey, I know that this is might no longer be relevant, but I still am bursting to say this thing. So... Since we spent most of last episode talking about listening and conversational turns, let's shift gears a bit and talk about how to keep the conversation going. So let's say you've listened to someone talk and you're nodding along. How do we then keep the volley going? We have mentioned, and it's often said, ask questions to the other person to get them to talk it's really important to make sure you're asking the right types of questions. Without overthinking it too much, the simple thing to do is make sure these questions are open-ended. What that means is, for example, instead of saying, did you have a good weekend? Well, yes, I did. There, the conversation is done. It's over. There's nothing else that person can say unless they just happen to be a very gregarious person and they want to tell you about their weekend. So what you can say instead is, how was your weekend? Or even more, what are some highlights from the weekend? What did you do this weekend? How did and, you pass your time? And even using a little bit of the stuff you know about that person to show them that you're not just asking a like um, cookie cutter question. It could be like, oh my gosh, if you follow them on social media, oh my god, I saw you went hiking, where was that? Or... Mm-hmm. I heard in the office you were going to go hiking. Did you end up going? Using what mm-hmm. you know about that person to make that connection to be like, oh my gosh, they listened to me earlier. I'd love that they're tying in what they know to follow up. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing to do with what we are talking about today, but I'm just curious, based on what you said, do you think it's creepy to comment on people's social media and say, I saw that you did that? Because I feel like there's a negative stereotype that it is creepy, but at the end of the day, we all know that we've all seen it. I think it depends. I think when it comes to romantic stuff, maybe maybe watch yourself. Because <laughs> I know for a fact, if you're romantically in- interested in somebody, you creep on them way more than anybody yeah. else. <laughs> but, <laughs> so don't uh-huh. say something like, oh my god, I saw that you visited your uncle in 2009. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if someone pops up on your newsfeed naturally... Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's fine to bring up because they posted it for a reason. If we're not using social media for real-life interactions, what are we using it for? For creepy, like, stuff. And the whole point of kind of talking is, like, bringing back the lost art of communication. So using those tools that we have in place for social media, bring Mm -hmm. it to real-life interactions. If you liked that picture, I think another thing, too, is if you liked or commented on that picture, I think it's even more okay because you're like, look, I I showed you that I saw it. Now we can talk about it in real Mm -hmm. life. I think we should do a whole episode on social media because sometimes people will say, 
I'll ask them a question about something like, well, didn't you see on Instagram that I went there? And like, I'm not on Instagram, so I missed that. So anyway, I digress. But going back to what we were saying before, yeah, I love that point of asking questions of things you already know. So if you know that every weekend someone goes to the park on Sundays, you can ask, how was the park? Or what did you do at the park? Instead of, was it a good weekend? Yes, no. And sometimes even if you're asking, was it a good weekend? It can come off as negative as negative if that person made a big point about what they were doing that weekend. So like there was one time at work when there was a coworker talking a lot about like, her daughter's birthday party for the past couple weeks and if I were to come into work the Monday after her birthday party and say oh how was your weekend I feel like that would come mm-hmm. off as negative it's like you didn't listen to me for the past two weeks when I was like complaining about my daughter's birthday party planning like show yeah. that you're listening by by bringing it in more than just cookie cutter which goes back to what you were saying last time about having these mental file folders for people is remembering what people say. If you want to build on conversations, you have to remember things that people tell you. But even if you're talking to a stranger and you have nothing to go on and you want to connect with them, making the questions more specific and things that will actually draw a response instead of yes, no, or one word answer type questions. Totally. Molly and I were talking earlier about how parents complain if their kids don't answer, like, how was your day? Because how did you put it, Molly? Um, if you ask your child, like, oh, how was your day? Any child is going to say, good. Unless they're, like, five and they're like, oh, my God, Mom, I painted a butterfly. Like, <laughs> they're going to say, good. You have to kind of make it more specific. <clears throat> There's an article that I saw about this, and maybe I can link it in the show notes. I don't know exactly what it was right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an article about how to talk to your child to get more information about them about their day. And one of the Mm -hmm. points was, like, ask more targeted questions of, like, did you paint today? Or, like, Mm -hmm. what was your favorite art activity you did today? Yeah. I think this is why therapists are so good at getting people to talk is because they know the right questions to ask to make you talk. And I'm not saying that we have to go that deep in these basic conversations, but you do want to ask questions that will draw information out of people so part of that also, I think, is perspective taking. You don't want to go too deep, especially if it's someone you don't know, and ask them something that you think would make you feel uncomfortable. But so going off that, sometimes I get the question of, well, what's appropriate? I don't want to pry. No, you don't want to pry. So put yourself in their shoes. Would you feel comfortable sharing this? And let's say you're a person who's just really open and comfortable sharing everything, so you assume that they would be. Read their nonverbals. If they look uncomfortable or they're giving off an energy that says, like, hey, don't really want to talk about this, or they're not picking up on your conversational bids and they're giving you one-word answers over and over, maybe their one-word answers are a sign that I don't want to talk about this right now. I accidentally did a really stupid thing recently. I was with a friend and another friend of ours, and she had just gone through a situation, a very personal situation, and I assumed that the third friend knew about it. So I was asking all these questions. I won't go into details for her privacy's sake, but basically I just started asking all these questions, and she kept saying, oh, it's fine, it's fine, and she wasn't giving me any info, and I was like, why is she not talking about this? So I kept going, and then she told me everything, and then it came, she texted me the next day like, hey, so-and-so, the other person that was there, didn't know about that. I didn't want to tell her about that. And now I had to because you wouldn't, you didn't pick up on my cues that I was giving you, and I felt awful. 
So it's really important that you try to be aware of how the other person is feeling in that moment. Yeah, I know that situation. It wasn't give yourself more credit but yes it's it's hard it's it's hard and it's really important to be a listener with not only your ears but your body and your eyes Mm -hmm. noticing Mm -hmm. what that person is giving you non-verbally super super important and taking their perspective yeah sometimes hard to do but it's it's worth worth trying out different things (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then thinking about like we're talking a lot about questions and things like that questions if if I were to talk in a conversation with a person and they only ask me questions, I would feel like I'm in an interview. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's really important to talk about how it's not only questions that drive a conversation, but it's um, other things like sharing stories. And um, I went to a speaker talk the other day for my profession, and it was really funny the way she phrased it. The speaker, we were talking about conversation because I work with social mm-hmm. skills social competencies and um she was talking about the number one way that we relate with new people is by bitching it's really (laughs) really funny that like that's actually true yeah and we don't teach anyone that it's something that we naturally start doing so for example Mm -hmm. we were at the conference that we were at and we were all like waiting in line and I connected with the person behind me by saying oh gosh they're having like only carbs again today and the person behind me was like yeah oh my gosh and then I felt connected to that person and then when we got up to the line we made like funny quips at each other like oh my gosh let's put on all the carbs I need to stay awake anyway I think uh-huh. they make you fall asleep but anyways like <laughs> making those connections by like bitching there's also a balance of like positive and negative but like that's a good way to kind of get connected at that level because everyone mm-hmm. has those surface level bitching comments that they connect with people on yeah like misery loves company but going off just to clarify what you said when you said they're having only carbs my initial reaction was that you were talking about another person eating carbs again in kind of a judgy way but then I realized you meant they were serving only carbs so I just want to clarify that for the audience that Molly is talking about they were serving carbs and not talking about another person who's eating them I assume, right? I appreciate that. My Yes, my brain plays movies that I assume that everyone is also playing in their brain, so I did not make that movie clear in your brain. Thank you for clarifying. Of course. And these are things that this is so part of our thing with this podcast is we want to edit it as little as possible to show that these things happen. So in this conversation, it's important to go back and clarify that. If it were just Molly and I talking, maybe I wouldn't have pointed that out because I picked up on what she meant. But if I didn't know Molly that well, I might have tuned her out as soon as she said that. I would have been like, wow, that was a rude thing to say. She was judging someone for eating too many carbs. And so it's really important that Which we... I would never do. I love carbs. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But both as the person talking, that we're aware of what we're saying, and then as the person listening, that we're not jumping so quick to conclusions because maybe she just misspoke. And it's important that we recognize that too. Totally, totally. Um... So, yeah, definitely, like, making those connections by relating through bitching comments, questions we talked about, and then even sharing just common stories with each other. So I think it's really important, as a good listener, you're picking up on all these little nuggets in a conversation that someone is having. So say, for example, Trisha starts talking to me about her day, and she talks about a time she went to this cafe 
on the corner of whatever, whatever, and I um, noticed, oh my gosh, I went to that cafe and I had a really weird experience there. I'm not going to just keep asking her questions of like, what did you order, Trisha? How was it? Did you sit at the table in the corner? I'm going to say things like, oh my gosh, at that restaurant, such a funny thing happened to me. la di da da And now we feel connected because I shared a story. Yeah. So going off that and relating back to something that we mentioned last time, we said last time, if someone's sharing with you, try not to judge them too much. So we just wanted to talk a little bit more about that. In addition to just not trying to judge people and try and take things objectively also which is an interesting point to bring up based on Molly's point that we relate by sometimes complaining about things try not if someone is super excited about something try not to hit everything they say with a negative reaction so if for example I'm saying I'm going to the beach tomorrow and Molly says I hate the beach like the sand gets everywhere it's just so annoying that just killed my vibe, and I'm not excited anymore. I'm not going to want to tell Molly about it anymore. We all know people don't kill who my are vibe. <laughs> Debbie Downers, and we don't want to be that. So this doesn't mean you have to be 100% agreeable all the time. If you don't love the beach, you don't have to say you love the beach. But let the other person have that time, and then you can say, you know what, I'm more of a mountain person myself, or whatever it is. And I think it's important to speak that truth of yourself because I used to get so stuck in that people-pleasing, like, mentality of, like, oh, Trisha loves the beach? I should say I love the beach so I can relate to Trisha and we have a friendship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. But then it wouldn't be a genuine friendship. Yeah, exactly. And it makes Trisha think things about me. And regardless, I mean, the beach is not an important foundational friendship builder but it could come up later and you have to kind of back up once you get to know the person better if that makes sense so just kind of really being true to what your opinions are on things in a nice way so if for example I was in line with Molly and she was like oh my gosh they're serving carbs again we're gonna pack on all the pounds in my mind I probably would have been thinking yes all the carbs so excited and so it's up to me in that moment do I want to be honest here which is we should be honest and saying how we feel and it's okay if we disagree with someone so saying oh you're not into these carbs I like I'm loving it I never eat like this this is an opportunity for me to really indulge and I'm excited about it and if Molly judges me for that that's Molly's problem Mm -hmm. and I think you made it you when you said that thing you made it like fun and quirky and jokey too like you're Mm -hmm. still telling your truth but you're not like oh putting I love carbs anyways Exactly. Yeah. So because the, and that's important because then if we are, want to establish a friendship and she's someone that doesn't like food, I'm a person that loves food and I love going out to eat. It's hard for me to maintain friendships with people who don't like doing those things because I really love that or it limits the amount of things that we can do together. So mm-hmm. if we want to whereas if I know that she likes food and trying new foods too, then that's someone that I know I can invite to this new restaurant, we can go do these things. And so it really sets a tone for your friendship. I think This is something, again, almost everything we've talked about in this episode is something I'm still working on, but this is something I'm super, super working on because I like to make people happy, and Mm -hmm. some might call me a people pleaser, (laughs) but um, I'm working really hard at it um, to get a little vulnerable. Um, I started dating my boyfriend a couple months ago, and at the beginning of a relationship, he, like, talked to me, and he's like, 
stop trying to be a people pleaser. Like, I don't know what you want, and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I don't want to date someone who's just, like, saying yes, yes, yes to everything because I don't want it to come up later and bubble up, or I also want to know the real you, and I thought that Mm -hmm. was really, really eye-opening for me, and it helped Mm -hmm. our relationship grow, and it helped me kind of get more confident in my opinions on things. So... Mm -hmm just talking about that it made my romantic relationship get stronger because I started sticking more to my opinions on things instead of just people pleasing as my natural instinct is to do yeah I have that problem too and I think it's really important that he pointed that out just because that's him saying hey I want you to be honest I want you to be yourself and I think a lot of us especially when we want to make other people happy it's we think that the way to make people happy is by agreeing with everything that they say but that can be off-putting at times too if you meet someone who's too agreeable and agrees with everything you say it can be fun at first but it can actually get kind of boring it's we want some opposition in our lives and we're all unique and we should embrace that and rather than being afraid to be honest there are things that maybe we're not ready to share with people up front and we want to keep that to ourselves for a time that's okay but it's also part of what we want to do is help people get comfortable at being vulnerable with other people it's not easy but it's so worth it and it's so necessary to build solid foundations and solid friendships on honest truths instead of lying and saying you like something that you don't and then you marry this person and it comes out 50 years later that I actually hate pie or whatever it is and the breaking of all relationships (laughs) (laughs) but even if not even if it's something so silly as Mm -hmm. imagine you're lying for 50 years about liking pie and maybe you only eat pie once every six months it doesn't matter it's still there and it's something that you've been lying about and that's gonna be even though it seems really insignificant in the back of your mind, something that you weren't upfront about. And so I think it's really important in our relationships to be open and to be genuine and to not be afraid to share those things, even if they're the most simple of things in conversation. That's how we relate to people is by opening up and being truthful. And that's what makes us human, right, is our differences. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found myself getting closer to people by being more vulnerable and by being more truthful to my own self some Mm -hmm. people know but most of the time yes and it's really been a life changer for me so yeah and then once you expose that about yourself people are more likely to open up and share with you vulnerability likes company so it makes people kind of exactly what you said open up and then when you open up with each other you become close and best friends just kidding just close and then you start a podcast (laughs) yeah All right, guys. Um, I thought this was a great kind of discussion on a lot of these good points. So it brought up a lot of things that me and Trisha weren't even planning on talking about. I was going to say, this took an interesting turn, but I like it. Yeah. So I'm assuming our listeners maybe also had some kind of things that they came up in their brains. So email us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. And you can send us your questions or just thoughts concerns whatever you want in that email um and we love reading them so send it on our way and we look forward to sharing more podcasts with you um and something we always like to do that i skipped over is send some takeaways home Mm -hmm. and um the one that i want to send to you guys is shut your mouth (laughs) Mm -hmm. let people finish up what they're saying and then 
add your thought. Try to interrupt less um, Mm -hmm. in conversations. That's my takeaway. My homework, I would say, for this episode is really take note of how you're reacting to the things people are telling you. Are you agreeing automatically, like Molly and I sometimes do? Are you actually processing what they've said, reacting with a genuine, with your genuine feelings? And uh, how are you responding? And then you can also think about your types of questions that you ask people. Totally. All right. Yay. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bye.